Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. We're starting a series on focus. What is your focus? Do you know what you look at is what you become? Hmm? What you focus on is what you learn about? You know, you can, you can know a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of stuff that amounts to nothing. But we need to know our God. And today we're going to lay a foundation about God and we're going to talk about his love. Who needs sermon notes? You need these sermon notes. If you don't have them, you need to go back and look at these. We're laying a lot of foundation. When I came here in 2012, I preached almost a whole year on the love of God. So I'm condensing that into 45 minutes. So you better hold on. I lost my hair doing that. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, we're excited that Caleb and Kayla White's back and they brought our newest member, Luke. Glory be to God. That young man's a good-looking young man. Thank the Lord he don't look like his daddy. No, just kidding. He does look like his daddy. Hallelujah. You know, uh, several things were said this morning. Uh, I only asked one person to say something, and that was Tim, because as I looked at him, the Spirit of the Lord said he's got something to say. And uh, I encouraged him uh, to step up and say it, but... Uh, I, I want to share something just real quick uh, that you need to hear. In all this that's being said, we need to remember that royalty is our identity. Now, some of you can't receive that. So hopefully at the end of the service, you'll be able to receive that royalty is your identity. You're a child of God. Jesus is the king. He's your brother. That makes you a prince. You're royalty. That makes you a princess. You're royalty. Now, next Sunday, Jeff's going to bring identity. That's part of your identity is royalty. You with me? Amen. Second thing is servanthood is your assignment. We don't serve because we're slaves. We serve from our assignment that we're the princess. Hey, we make sure the word comes to effect. We make sure the word comes true. What? That's God's job. No, it's our job to believe. Believe. And then lastly is intimacy with God is my life source. That's what Patrick was trying to tell you. Get closer. You know, you're intimate. You know your kids. You know your wife. You know your husband. You know your mama. Do, how well do you know God? Well, we're going to lay a foundation of knowing God today, and we're going to talk about the love of God. Amen? You with me? Are you ready? We're diving in. Number one, God is love. God is love. First John 4, 7, and 8. You ought to have it memorized. God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone uh, who loves is born of God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. I just kept just diving on in, reading it real quick, but I've got a lot of scripture today, and, and I want to point some things out that'll, that'll give you a foundation to stand on. Because when we talk about love, we equate it to us and our emotions. Right. You're not my friend anymore, Tim. 
I don't love you anymore. Patrick's my favorite now. We do all this up and down. God's not that way. See, in Hebrews 6, there's two things that God is. He's unchangeable, and he's true. He does not lie. There's no lie in God. He's truth. So his word is forever set in stone, and God is unchangeable about his word. Matter of fact, no matter how you cry, how emotional you get, help me, Lord, all the time, it doesn't move God. He's moved by his word. You want to move God? Speak his word. Get his attention. Get his attention. Get his attention with the word, not with begging and crying. Princes don't beg and cry. Princesses don't beg and cry. They go to the king. Hey, we got this. We need God. We, what's the word on this? And the Holy Spirit will give you the word to stand on. And just like Abraham, you're going to stand till the promise comes. You're not going to be moved. We're moved too much by emotions. We watch the news, we're up. We watch the news, we're down. And that, and that, the love of God is steadfast, immovable for you. Well, I don't feel like it. Does nothing to do with it. And so we're going to look at that. Let's, let's dig in real quick in Ephesians, the third chapter. Starting in verse 14, we're going to read two or three scriptures, and then we're going to break some of this down. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. It's talking about you. You are named after Jesus. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. This is a great prayer. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Which walking about, Miss Dinah came up and said, open the windows today. Open the doors today of the inner man. Not up here. This is where emotions, this is where your emotion, the seat of your emotions are in your solical man, in your mind. And you, I don't know. Oh, oh, the way he's looking at me, I don't know if he likes me. Oh, the way she's looking, I mean, they're mad at me now. They ate bad pizzas, Patrick said. Why didn't they speak? They were focused on something else. But God is focused on you. Amen. And God's love is towards you. And so we want to be strengthened in the inner man with what? Glad you asked. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. So if Christ is going to be strengthened in your heart, you need to know the love of God. That through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Love. Everybody bump somebody say love. We're talking about God's love today. And so look at verse 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many of you want to be filled with the fullness of God? Then you've got to know the love of God. You've got to know the love of God towards you. So on the side there, on your side notes, I want you to write this down. Because when it says width, length, depth, and height, do you know what that means? No. 
It means the boundless love, the endless love. Write down boundless. Never ending, endless. I like this one, exhaustless. <laughs> and now the last one is measureless. God is love, and that love is towards you. And when you say, well, I don't feel, it doesn't matter. His, stuff, his love is still extended to you, that you know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Quit trying to figure it out and receive it. It passes knowledge. Receive it. So a key, a key to is, is God's unchangeable. You know, Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. See, there's Galatians 5, 6 in your notes. Faith works by love. What does that mean? That means grounded in love, grounded in how much you believe God loves you. Your faith will only work in how much you believe God loves you. Your faith only works how much you believe God loves you. If you don't believe God loves you, you have no faith at all. Boom. You want great faith? You have got to establish that God's for you, God loves you, and God has sent everything, spent everything for you. Isn't that awesome? So that leads us to number two. Love sent a sacrifice. God is love, and love sent us a sacrifice. Well, I know this, Pastor Brad, I know this then it ought to take you to another level. It's time to go to the next level. The greater the, 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 greater the love you believe that God has for you, the greater your faith is. Smile at somebody say, well, okay. God loves you. God loves you. He's for you, and he wants the best for you. But wait a minute, I've already said, you, he's only moved by his word, not by emotions. You know, I don't love you no more. God has never said that. God has never said, I don't love you no more. God has never said, you're not good enough. That's the devil. Because right. some of you sitting there, well, I'm not good enough for God. That's a lie. Kick the lies out. The devil is a thief and a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the battleground, and his weapons are lies. That's right. God loves you. So God sent a sacrifice for you. And we know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But look at number 17, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to beat you over the head and tell you you're not good enough. That is not God and that is not Jesus. But that the world through him might be saved. And that's everybody. The most evilest people, the evil people you can think about, Hitler, whoever, Jesus came to save them. And he came to save you. And we rank our, well, I'm not as bad as Tim, but I'm not as good as Patrick. I'm picking on them today. It has nothing to do with it. God loves you. And you know what? He's not judging your past anymore. If you're a child of God, it's, your past has been washed under the blood of Jesus. Guess who brings your past up? It's the devil, not God. When you start telling God, well, I did this and I did that, if you've asked forgiveness, he's going to say, what? I don't know that. 
I was that one preacher was preaching along, and, and he, he looked at this lady, and he said, the Lord just asked me if I knew about your past, and she began to melt because she had a hard past. And I said, no, Lord, I don't know her past. And the Lord said, I don't know it either. Hmm? Come on. Come on, come on. So, so let's look at Romans 8.31. Because we do this. We do Romans 8.31. So what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The devil can't stop you and the devil can't stop God. Huh? He, he, the devil and God aren't doing this. We're doing this with the devil. God flicked his little finger and sent Satan out. No contest. But Satan's after you because you're made in the image and the likeness of God. You are made in the image and the likeness of God, and he cannot stand you. He hates your guts. Well, I, I hadn't done anything to make you mad. doesn't matter. He looks at you, and you remind him of Jesus and the Father. So he is our enemy. So let's, let's look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Man, God freely has given us all things. What is it that you need? It's in Jesus Christ. It's been paid for. You've been redeemed. And what you need has been redeemed for you. Salvation, healing, blessing, Peace, joy. Well, I don't have any peace in my life. Well, it's not, it's not God's fault. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at trouble. You're looking at fear. You're looking at doubt. You're looking at, at sorrow. So let's, let's keep going because look at all the troubles that's coming up here. Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. If God sent Jesus to die for you, nobody, nobody is bringing any charge against you. The devil's a liar. Look at verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us? Jesus is praying that your eyes be opened, that your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling, that you would know the love of God which passes understanding. And as Patrick said in his testimony, what are you looking at? Netflix? Is that telling you anything? Okay. I mean, isn't that? No, I'm just going. In verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God? Your trouble? Your tribulation? Your distress? Oh, we ain't going to be able to pay the rent. It doesn't separate you from the love of God. Just persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are all, or we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. More than conquerors. So, so guess what? That means you're successful. You're smart. Well, I don't feel very smart, Pastor Brad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're successful because of Jesus. Start looking for the success that's in Jesus instead of defeat that's been in your life. We're a day late and a dollar short. We never get ahead. Change it. Look at Jesus. More than a conqueror. You, yet in all things you 
are more. Say, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus who loved me. Who loves me? Jesus loves you. Come on, can you receive that? I don't know. Let's finish in verse 38. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. What does all that mean? Demonic spirits, nothing, nothing. So I'm persuaded. Paul said, I'm persuaded in verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then why don't we have it? Because it takes faith. You got to know God loves you. Trouble does not separate you from the love of God. Troubles, you look at the trouble and you make it bigger than God. God loves you. When trouble comes, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. I'm going to make it. God loves me. Care if I go to jail, God loves me. I don't care what happens, I lose everything. I can start over. God loves me. I got it from him. I get it from him again. Uh, I, I listen to all kinds of different ministers and, and different people, but uh, if you ever heard of Robert Morris, he's Pastor Gateway Church, and I don't know, they got 25,000, 30,000 people. They have four or five services. But he had had hernia surgery, and it had been a week, so they took, took the week off, and they went out to a, a camp many miles from out in the middle of nowhere. You know, if you're going to get away, you got to get away. And uh, he laid down, they slept. The next day, he his wife was letting him sleep, and she was reading the Word, and she was reading where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And uh, it said that Jesus loved Lazarus. And, and the Spirit of God, she looked at her husband, Robert, and said, God loves Robert. And then she read that, that Jesus loved Mary and Martha, and she goes, God loves me. God gave her that word, God loves him, God loves me. Well, he woke up and couldn't get up, and he passed out, and she called 911, and she thought he was dead. And for no reason at all, he had two ruptured arteries in his body. He, had, he was bleeding to death internally. And so they got him, the first one ruptured. They don't know when the second one did, but the first one ruptured for no reason at all. That's the devil. And the ambulance, when the ambulance driver drove up, he knew, he said, get a helicopter on standby. He goes in. They can't find a pulse. They get him in the ambulance to drive to the helicopter and pick him up. And they're talking, I, I don't get a pulse here. I, they, they, and he goes, I got a pulse, guys, because I can hear y'all. It's a joke. But he's like, I got to have the pulse because I'm still alive. But they couldn't find one. His, his, his blood pressure was 70 over 30 or something like that. It's crazy. They got him to the hospital. I'm doing a long story short. What kept her was God loves me and God loves him. God loves me and God, he knew he was dying. They, he did a video to tell his kids and his grandkids by. On the helicopter ride, he, he, think he, he thinks he went into eternity. He had such peace about it. But he goes, I'm going to miss my grandkids. But he kept saying, I'm going to see them again. But there was no time. When will you see them again? I just knew I was going to see them again. And it was the eternity in his heart already. But it was the love of God. It was an attack of the enemy. But she had the word of the Lord that God loves us. That's enough. 
And long story short, they did two surgeries on him, and it took months for him to get back because they wanted him to, they gave him blood, but they wanted him to build his own blood back up. But anyway, it's the love of God. So let's go to number, let's go to number three. Actually, actually, hold on just a second. So let's do this. Say, I believe in the love of God. You have got to talk about it. You don't ever talk about the love of God. You need to start talking about it. God loves me, and I love God. God loves me, and I love God. It's so important to talk. You know what? Guess what? You talk about how bad things are. Well, it's looking bad at work. I don't know if I'm going to have a job next week or not. Doesn't matter. God loves me. If I look, you know, I, 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 they, they put the rumor out. Guess what? You know, they're going to lay everybody off. They're shutting the plant down. And I said, and the Holy Spirit gave me a confession. And I said, if I lose this job, I get a better one in Jesus' name. If I lose this job because people come up, you just bought a car. What you going to do? If I lose this job, I get a better one in Jesus' name. If I lose this job, I get a better one. That job's not my source. God is my source. Uh, God loves me. So, so talk about it. Talk about how much God loves you and become unshakable. See, see, that's the way we judge things. Things happen, and then we say, well, I don't know why this, I'm going through this. I don't know why the Lord's allowing this mess to come to me. The Lord, Miss Shirley said this morning, use your authority and tell that stuff to get out. Amen. Get, get shored up. Get strengthened up. Number three, everything Jesus said and did shows the Father's love. Everything Jesus said and did shows the Father's love. John 14, 9, we'll just leave that up there just for a second. Let them write it down. Everything Jesus said and did. Now in John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. That's why you can say Jesus is perfect doctrine. When you question what does God want, then look what Jesus said and look what Jesus did. You'll never find Jesus killing anybody. You'll never find Jesus putting sickness on anybody to teach them a lesson. He'd have done that to the Pharisees. No, he rebuked them. He taught them because they were trying to do things in the name of God that were wrong. In my father's house, y'all have turned it into a den of thieves. And he rebuked them because their heart was not right. But there were Pharisees that followed him. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He's kind of a little bit embarrassed to be seen with Jesus in the day. And he said, you know, I know you're a teacher. I know you're a man of God. You know, that's the first Nick at night. You know, if you notice that Jesus came to Nicodemus. But he started teaching him. And he was a Pharisee. He taught him the word. He taught him the man must be born again. And he said, what are you talking about? He goes, how can you be a teacher of the word and not understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you the deeper things. It's what David said, I long for the day when my sins are, are put, past, put behind me and are washed away, and then I can have a relationship with the Father. They didn't have that in the Old Testament. 
Jesus was the last Old Testament prophet who fulfilled the Old Testament and brought the new in with his blood. Amen? So it's, it's his love. It's based upon the love of God. His love came. His love has shown us the way. So Jesus loved, healed, delivered. He set the example. So if the devil's told you that lie that God's out to get you, huh? Or, or, or well, the Lord put this sickness on me to teach me something. Well, how about just letting him talk to you, teach you something? You wouldn't put sickness on your kids to teach them something. Hmm? You'll talk to them. You'll set them down. Listen, no, no, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't live that way. We don't talk that way. We don't act that way. And that's what the Holy Spirit does inside of you. The Holy Spirit said, you shouldn't have said that. Don't say that. Don't, how many of you ever heard him say, don't say that? And you want to say it so bad. Don't you hit them. No, I want to just let me slap them, you know. Like Jesse DePlantis said, you know, let me slap him so fast. Only you, God, only you and me and him I know. Nobody else I know. No, ah, Holy Spirit goes, no, you, you can't do that. And the Holy Spirit will rein you in. Have you ever met anybody without the filter? They're not listening to the Holy Spirit if they're a child of God. Because the Holy Spirit will put a filter on your flesh. He'll make you put your flesh down. That you'll live out the love of God. You'll act out the love of God. And, and, and the only per- people that Jesus rebuked, if you'll look at that, were the Pharisees. But he didn't make them sick and he didn't kill them. Even when he could have rallied the troops, when they killed John the Baptist, it broke his heart. And he could have said, everybody get your, get your sword. We're, to, we're, we're going to the t- castle, and we're going to take him out. You know what Jesus did? He moved with compassion. His heart was broken over John the Baptist, and he went out and started laying hands on people and getting people healed and teaching the gospel instead of retaliation. retaliation. Jesus is our example. He, he has shown us the Father's love. Number four, fear is an enemy to love. Man, they, they picked the songs every Sunday, did not they? They picked some good ones today. And they sang about this. Fear is an enemy. Fear is an enemy to love. Fear comes to, 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 to take out your faith, to take out your love. Well, let's just look at the Scripture. John 1 John 4, 17. If you haven't noticed yet, John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, John's the apostle of love. He talks about love in 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John. He talks about it in the, 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 the book or the gospel of John that he wrote. And he wrote it in his 80s, which is awesome. Some of y'all think, well, you know, I, 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 God can't use me. Yes, he can. You might start writing some stuff. And everybody needs a grandma or a great-grandma or a great-grandfather or, you know, a grandfather. 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love, for we love him because he first loved us. Now, now let's back up. Let's back up. Verse 18, there's no fear in love. How about I've taught this? How do you know you're in faith? You got peace. Doesn't mean you're not out of the storm. I got peace. God's going to take care of me. God's got this. 
His word says that, that you know, he, he cares for me. But how about a fear? How about, how about when you get that call, there's something wrong, you got some kind of tumor, you got some cancer, you got this, uh, fear wants to rise up. That's your flesh, and that's the devil. But love casts out fear. That's when we got to go back, get our feet on the love of God, and stand, okay, God loves me. Through all this, God loves me. And you know what? I'm, I win. I win. Even if I die, I win. You need to get that off the table, too. What if I die? 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 You go in heaven, you win. But you really can't live if you're afraid to die. You really can't live if you're afraid to die. I'm not going to Walmart in the middle of the day because there's too many people in there, and I might, I might get conjunctivitis. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But, but isn't that the way people are? They have phobias. You know what a phobia is? Fear. Claustrophobia, small places. They got all kinds of phobias. I mean, there was a lady that I knew that was afraid of spiders. She'd see a little old spider going across the floor, and I put my foot on it, and she'd just like to pass out. I killed it. Oh! People, fear has torment. And how many of you know the world is after your love because everything you see brings fear? I notice it in my grandkids. They're not allowed to watch some of that stuff. But the middle one, I don't know where. Where are you learning about? He talks about zombies. They're not real. Where are you learning about that? You saw it on a commercial. You saw it somewhere. Zombies. They're not even real. But a zombie poked him in his eye in a dream, you know. He had a dream about a zombie. I said, no, it was his little brother slapped him in the face. That was while he was asleep. I saw it. And... <laughs> But, but you think your mind will run wild with you if you do not lock it in on the love of God. Isn't it amazing? It gets dark. Y'all see that? What was that? It was a shadow. I'm going to pick on Jesse again. He rebuked the devil in the corner of the room all night, and it was a, his coat was hanging up, and the heat would come on, and that coat would do this. He, devil, I tell you to get out of here. You know, he's talking to the devil, and it's just his coat. Your mind will run crazy with you. If you let it, don't let it. Get control of it. Your mind's not supposed to rule. Your spirit's supposed to rule. And the love of God will rise up in you and God's got you. Amen. There ain't no such thing as zombies. Quit dreaming about them. Okay. So, Ephesians 6.16, and I wrote down love can leak. You can be the full of the love of God and something come along and cause you to leak. And look, above all, take the shield of faith. Faith works by love, which, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, stuck me in the back. Well, your shield covers your back too. But now you're leaking love because that dart got you. Now you're consumed with that dart. A zombie's coming up on slip on bone, you know, and no, 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 no. You need to be aware. You need to be led by the Spirit, and you need to confess the Word. There was a lady that called, called uh, 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 the prayer hotline, and she was crying, and, ma'am, I can't, I can't understand you. You got to talk. She goes, I confess Psalms 91. I always confess her. And he goes, ma'am, you got to settle down and tell me what's going on. If you don't, Psalms 91 is, is a great 
for protection. You put the word out. Uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide in the shout of the Almighty. And he will say of the Lord, He's my God, my fortress, in Him will I trust. He delivers me from the snare of the fowler. You know what? He'll show you where the traps are the devil has for you. His angels encamp about you to keep you. It's a great one, man. If, you're, if you ever go to war, that, you need to put that on your cousin going to war, your children. Psalms 91. And she said, I confess it every time I go somewhere. And she goes, I went and got out of my car and I got mugged. And he goes, well, ma'am, where were you at? He, she goes, I was on the bad side of town. And he goes, well, let me, and he goes, Lord, you got to help me. And he goes, what, what happened? She goes, well, I was on the bad side of town, but you know what? I, I confess Psalms 91. And he goes, did you have any kind of witness not to get out of the car? She goes, yeah, I, I knew I wasn't supposed to get out of the car, but I confess Psalms 91. See, it's the Word and the Spirit that will direct you. You put the Word out there so the Holy Spirit has something to work with. Don't get out of the car. It means don't get out of the car. I told the story. They called me Joy Chitwood Stunt Driver because I pulled a trailer. It was too full, and, and I jackknifed that thing. And we went a half a mile sideways down the road with a jackknife trailer. But I, when I took off with it, I pulled over in the next parking lot, and I got out and started walking around it because I knew I wasn't supposed to drive it. But I'm talking myself into driving it. And, Lord, I need to get home. I'm tired. And we're all tired. We need to get home. We need to unload this trailer. Lord, you got to protect me. you got to help me. And he did. I still jackknifed the trailer. And I knew better. You can't go against that inner witness. That's the love of God saying, don't drive the truck. Don't drive the truck. Don't do it. I got to drive the truck. And we all have that inner witness, child of God. We all have that witness. Don't go there. Don't drink that. How about don't eat that? How about don't do that? Don't watch that. Pornography, no, 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 no. Alcohol, ma. Breaks you down. Does it send you to hell? No, but it'll break you down spiritually, mentally, physically. Alcohol, drugs, pornography jacks with your mind. It's worshiping the creation and not the creator. We want to worship the creator, not the creation. I love the woods, but I don't worship trees. Hmm? I love the mountains, but I don't worship mountains. I worship the Creator. God is the Creator. Jesus and the Father, they have created everything for our good pleasure and have supplied. The earth is to supply for us. Amen? So only worship God. Only worship God. Only focus on God. Your love can leak. How I many you know when you get tired, you kind of leave, you get, a little, get a little frustrated, get a little aggravated? Your love's done leaked out because you're tired. You need to go home refuel. You need to get in the Word. You need to sleep. I'm talking to me. You need to sleep. You know when you're on edge. You're sitting there growling like a dog waiting to bite somebody. Just go ahead and say something, Tim. I'm ready to jump. Y'all laughing because y'all know it's true. Bite and bark and carry on. Forget that. Get full of the love of God. Don't and don't. And when you feel yourself leaking out or you feel yourself getting weak, go back to the Word. Go back to the Spirit. Man, go to YouTube for something good. Put on some music. Put on some worship. Put on the Word. Put on somebody preaching to you. Amen? 
God loves you. And God, God empowers us by his spirit and by his word. That's why you've got to keep going back to it. Y'all know y'all going to eat lunch today. Well, I'm through eating. I'm not ever eating again. You're not going to make it very far, are you? Well, you're barely making it because you're not feeding on the word. You wonder why things go wrong because you're not putting the word first. You're not putting God first. How do you put God first? His word. Amen. Then the spirit starts saying, hey, remember this, remember that. You know. God has brought up scriptures to me, and it's amazing. You can read a scripture the day before, and God will have it ready, and so it's ready for you to use that next day or that evening. Countless and countless and countless of times, God reminded me that no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling when fear starts rising up that I may get sick or this may happen or that may happen. His word will speak to us. The Holy Spirit has something to, to work. And you know what? He'll speak to you anyway. But you don't know, is that you? Is that, is that you, God? Or is that me? Now you're in argument mode. I don't know if that's God or not. I don't, see, when you don't know the love of God, that's why you want to you go back to the Old Testament and throw a fleece out there. Okay, if this is you, God, there'll be a chocolate candy bar on the ground when I turn the corner up here. Or, or, Lord, Lord, if you want me to have this job, I'll get it. Well, you got to apply first. You got to go through the steps. Do you know there are steps with you and God? You got to know his word. There's more to salvation than just giving your heart to Jesus and making him Lord. It's knowing who he is. Remember when you started dating that so-and-so? Hey, baby. Hi. What you want to do tomorrow night? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. No, what do you want to do? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> well, you don't know what she wants to do because you just started dating her. But after 35 years, I know what her favorite food is. I know what, what side of the bed she wants to sleep on. I know everything. I know what her favorite dessert is. I know everything about her. You know what? You need to know what God's favorite dessert is. You need to know who God is. You need to know that God is love, and it's not moved by, you know, I'm aggravated with you today because you didn't miss it. God's not that way. God's saying, come on back. Get on the word. Come on back. Be led by my spirit. Come on back. The Holy Spirit. See, that's part of our focus is we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. He's your helper, but you never talk to him. You know, if I need Jeff's help, I say, Jeff, I need you to do that. Jeff, you want to do that? Jeff, hey, this. Tim, you want to do that? Hey, Miss Rita, can you do this for me? How about the Holy Spirit? You ever talk to him? He's a person. That's right. Do you know that most Christians do not believe that in the Holy Spirit is just a, a metaphor for good things? And most people, most Christians don't believe the devil's real. They believe that he's a metaphor for evil. There is a devil and there is a Holy Spirit. And they are persons. One's a fallen angel and the Holy Spirit's the third part of God. And he's sent to be the God of the earth. Now, Satan's the God of this world, world system. But the Holy Spirit's in the earth, and he dwells on the inside of the believer. And I'm about changing sermons here. But the Holy Spirit's your helper. When are you going to start talking to him? Wake up every day. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're here to help me. Speak to me. Guide me. Lead me. Help me. Okay, Holy Spirit, I see this coming down the road, and I need, a, I need some answers. 
So, so bring, do you know the Lord has spoke to me through a commercial? When, when we do that sermon, I'm going to give you a wild one. See, you could get confirmation of what you're supposed to do from the Word and the Holy Spirit because God loves you. God wants you to be a success. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. But it ain't this way. Whatever will be, will be. The future is, oh! <laughs> Why did God do that? Why did God do that? Y'all, I'll just lay it all out, won't I? I'm used to going with youth. My, my, but here's the thing. It's not whatever will be, will be. You set the course. And if you know that God wants you to go this way, he makes a way. Amen. As you're led, he'll start parting the way for you to go that way. It's his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I will not trip. I will follow you. And the snares that the enemy sets before me, God will reveal them. Woo. Number four, number five, we are number five. We represent the Father. If God is love, then we're to be love. And it's not that we're just giddy and silly and, oh, you know, doing youth. And the girls would say, oh, I'm in love. We're going to get married. And I'm like, well, don't you think you'll, he ought to ask you out on a date first? Oh, but we're, I'm, I'm, I love him. He doesn't even know you exist. We're going to get married. Not what? We represent God, and we're not. God is not silly. God is not stupid. God is firm. God is fixed, and we're firmed and fixed on God. We're fixed on the love of God. We're steadfast, just like God's steadfast. We're immovable. Jesus pulled us out of the muck and the mire, set us on the rock, the rock of the love of God, the rock of Jesus. Amen? So, so as we represent God, his love is in us. Hey, the greatest evangelist in the 1800s was Charles Finney. Charles Finney was a lawyer and, and, and the Spirit of God began to deal with him. You need to get your life right. And he went into the woods, and he started, he said, God, I'm not leaving until I know that I'm saved, until I know that you're real to me. And he went up in the woods, and he's praying, and he's asking God to come in his life, and he's fervently praying, and, and the Spirit of God set on him. And he said it was just wave after wave of liquid love. He experienced the love of God so strong and, and he, experienced, he said, it was like electricity going through my body. See, he had an experience with God that he could not turn from. You know, I've had experiences with God that I know he's real and I'll never turn from him. I want every one of our children, our youth, and I want you to have that type of experience. See, in our worship service, we got close today. And I said, just wave over us, Holy Spirit. Just, just, just rest on us. And I, you know what? The angels are at work too. Yeah. Not that we're chasing angels, no, but, but they're sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Who is an heir of salvation? Every believer. So you have angels on your behalf. And they're not babies floating around with a 
bow and arrow with wings, you know, a naked baby flying around. Angels are warring spirits. They're God's, God's, they're God's craftsmanship. They do exactly what he said. Remember the angel came to Mary and he said, I've been at the throne of God and I've got a word for you. Well, the, the angel can bring a word from God for you and he doesn't have to manifest. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit, I, I, you know. Hear, hear me, hear me. The love of God would establish you. And Charles Finney had that experience. You need, to, you need to seek God for that experience. Especially if you're up and down and all around and I don't know and I don't know. Oh, you need to know. There's an assurance. You see, when I started off in Hebrews 6, when I said God is not a liar and God is, is never changes, the scripture after that says that's our anchor. That's our hope. That God is not movable. He does not lie. He is the truth. And he never changes. And we can anchor in that. God's got me. I'm not going to move because God doesn't move. I don't care what storm's going on. I'm talking about inside. Me and God's got it. Hey. So Romans 5, 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came in you, and he also brought the love of God, the hope of God, the peace of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the love of God. But to what level? Remember when we, read, when we read Romans 8, that neither life nor death, no power nor principality can separate you from the love of God? Do you know what can separate you from the love of God? You. Not believing. We're back to that. You must believe that God loves you with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Because that's what he commands you. That's in, that's in his notes. I'm jumping a little ahead. What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God. If he commands you to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your might, guess what? He loves you with all his soul, with all his might. Mm. He's enabled us. We're not talking about the fruits of the Spirit, but what is the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. How many of you know the fruits of the Spirit are God's personality deposited in you? Develop them. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. There's nine of them. Love, joy. Are you developing joy? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Is the peace of God that passes understanding, is that ruling in your heart? Then you've got great faith if it does. Is the love of God the foundation for your life? God loves me. God loves me no matter what. Tim don't love me tomorrow. God loves me. <laughs> We get upset with people over the stupidest stuff. I tell them about my, my, I had, my, my grandmother had 10 brothers, and they were alcoholics and fleshly, and two of them didn't talk for almost four and a half years over a plastic five-gallon bucket. He took my bucket, and he never brought it back. I ain't speaking to him again. What? It's crazy. But people, your flesh will cause you to do crazy things. Not God. 
So in Matthew 22, 37, we're going to land this airplane here. We got about seven more scriptures, but Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandments. How many of you know people, how many of you know people that love God up here? I love God, I told you. That's up here. That's not out of here. Okay? You see the difference? I think about, and I'm going to pick on Miss Donna back there at the Welcome Center. She is just steadfast. She's kind. She's loving. She's, she's quiet, but she is immovable. The love of God's all in her, and, and she's so kind because it's God. And she has a story just like everybody else, but it's not moving her. Everybody has a story. And, you know, you ever get around people who want to tip, make, make it, well, mine's worse. Well, mine's worse, you know. I've been in a crack house with dogs and fleas, you know. No. God set us free. And so, so this is the first, in verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. You can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. You cannot love God unless you love yourself. Because, see, the love for yourself comes from God. I'm not talking about, see, you people get arrogant and haughty and prideful. I'm better than all y'all. That's not the love of God. I know who I am in Jesus. No, you don't. Because the love of God is kind, is generous. I wrote out beside this, what we worship is what we become. If you love God, then you become like him. 1 John 4, 7, John again in 1 John, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. See, I'm not doubting people's salvation, but the more you know God, the more you love. The more you know God, the more you love. He who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest, manifest towards us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. It's not about you anymore. Did you know the Bible says that you're to die to yourself, live for Jesus? In this love, in verse 10, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. Oh, what kind of, that's not a Virginia word, West Virginia word, even a Tennessee or Kentucky word, is it? That means an act for us to regain favor or make up for something we did wrong. Jesus died for everything you've done wrong. It's done. It's taken care of. That's the love of God. Quit dwelling in it. I know I'm going back to that. Quit dwelling in it. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. If he loved us, we've got to love one another. Be ye kind to one another. The pastor told me that one time. That's one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. And one of the hardest, when you're in the checkout line and somebody steps in front of you, be ye kind to one another. 
driving down the road, be ye kind to one another. In the last scripture, 1 John 5, 2, for this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments or his word. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments aren't burdensome. When you love God, you want to do his word. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And Miss Shirley gave a word about suicide. I don't know who that was today, but I got it written right here. I was going to deal with it right now. God loves you. God loves you. And he wants you to live for him. He wants you to live for him. So I want to ask you, will you make Jesus Lord of your life today? You know, you may have gotten saved a long time ago, but he's just not, hadn't been Lord. He hadn't been number one. He's not the first priority. <clears throat> it's time that we hunger for God, that we hunger for his word, that we hunger for the spirit of God, that we become full of the love of God, full of the peace of God, the joy of God. Is God calling you? See, there, there's a five-fold ministry that I believe every, you know, some people are called to, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But everybody's called to serve and love one another. Everybody. Everybody's got that call, even me. I can't ruin my witness because I'm not responsible for just me. I'm responsible for our church. I'm responsible. can't ruin my witness. I have to live with the love of God. I have to make Jesus Lord over my life every day. Not that I'm getting saved every day. I have to put my flesh down. Because my flesh wants to be grappy. That's a commercial, you know. Here, eat this Snickers bar. They're in their flesh. So bow your heads for me today. Look at your heart. Is God talking to you to give your heart to him today, to make him Lord? You know, heaven, that's the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I want for sure, I want you to for sure know that you're a child of God. That you've given your heart because you can have assurance. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you lift your hand today and receive the love of God. It's been extended on a cross, Calvary. Jesus died for you. Would you just lift your hand, wave at me, anybody? And maybe you've been here and you, you, you've gotten saved or maybe you need to make God number one. Priority. Make the love of God. Be established in the love of God. If that's you, you want to recommit your life to God, just lift your hand real quick. Put it down. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. God loves you. God cares for you. Let's all just pray together real quick. Say this with me. Say, Father... I give you my heart. I give you my all. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I make him Lord. I put him in his rightful place to be first place in my heart, in my life. I believe in you. 
I believe in your love. It was sent for me. Thank you, Father, for saving me, for delivering me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.